Beyond Sin 391. It's the Marco and Andy Hour Hour. With Andy Last. So did you fuck a bear? <laughs> and Marco Marek. No, I haven't had sex with a bear. No. All right, well, it's the Marco and Andy Power Hour. That's right. I'm Andy. I'm here with Marco. It's a brand new year, 2024. Uh, how are you, Marco? I'm doing good. I'm just glad you didn't want me to introduce the uh, segment this time. <laughs> Well, that's what I said. I, I told the viewers, the viewers, I told the listeners uh, in the the season premiere, my episode with Lifelike, that this season is the no frills Ooh. season of uh, Beyond Synth. And so, Look out. no more frills. So, I'm not going to start the show with uh, confusing you or making you do anything you don't want to do. We're just going to get right to the action. All right. No more cheap gimmicks. No more bullshit. Just straight to it, huh? That's exactly right. Now... <laughs> Now what's going to follow is like an hour and a half of bullshit oh, because bullshit. Uh, yeah. all stuff I, have, <laughs> I have a lot of dumb things to say. I know. We haven't spoken in a while, so it has been quite some time. Yeah, because like the first few interviews that are going to be part of this season, like the lifelike one uh, from last week and uh, the ones that are coming up, those are all recorded in like December because I thought I was going to put them out in December and then the Andy's Playlist Warehouse episodes got way out of control. Mm. I thought I was going to have like 10 minute chats with my listeners mm-hmm. and like patrons and stuff. I ended up talking to all of them for like an hour each, Damn. and so when it came time to edit those, it became a seven episode series, right? <laughs> and then like catching up with Mike again, you know, that was like an episode and a half, like it was just so much shit. So my point is yeah. that you and I, this is not something we recorded in December. Mm-hmm. We're recording this in February. This is new stuff. We actually haven't recorded with each other for a few months, at least. Jesus Christ, it's been, yeah, it's been since November. Yeah, I know. I thought I was on the out. I thought you had enough of me, and and you finally realized that it, uh, I'm really not that interesting. <laughs> that there's better people you could have on the show. And I was like, fair enough. I knew it was coming. It is what it is. Listen, man, there's no one better to have than you. <laughs> My pal, Marco. I, I know you always say that, but it's like, how many years can you say? It's not like it, it's like that person who is always uh, predicting bad things to happen. And then when they do, they're like, I told you. I'm like, but does it count if for like 50 years you're always talking to me about like something's going to blow up? And then when it finally finally does. You're like, I told you so. I'm like, I don't think you're allowed to say that for 50 years and then a bad thing happens. Eventually, it's going to happen. Yeah, Yeah, eventually something's going to stop, so it can't go on forever. And then I'll be like, when that happens, I'll be, Andy, see, I fucking told you, mate. Like season like twenty eight of Beyonce. No, I, I don't mean to be a negativo. You know, it's just whatever. I, I guess I'm modest and um, realistic in some ways, but I'm not like a constantly gloom and doom person either. It's actually kind of turned into more of a joke than anything, really. Yes. Well, the bottom line is this. Yes. I take it deadly seriously. <laughs> no, but you're uh, obviously it's all good, right? It's nice to it's nice to chat with mm. you. So we do have to catch up. We got a lot of stuff to catch up on. We do. You know, I've got some ball school updates. Ah, oh, I gotta hear this. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We'll save those. You know for how much later. I like the balls. We'll save those.
those for later. But um, all right, later. Yeah. Well, how about this? Um, I'm gonna play a song. Actually, you know what? You play a song, and then I'll. You I'll... want me to play a song? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, there's an artist that I've. Uh, he's been around for a little while, but I've really been getting into lately. Um, it's Time Code 88. He's got some really good tracks out there. He's not on Bandcamp, and I'm not even 100 sure he's on Spotify either. But uh, he's it's all on SoundCloud as far as I can see. And um, one of the tracks, actually, he's got a number of tracks that I really like, but one that stood out to me, and the track I'm talking about is TCR51451. Is that how you pronounce it, you think? I guess. <laughs> yeah. 51451? TCR51451. TCR that's what I would say. Yeah, that's what I said. All right, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do, pig. All right, well, let's, <laughs> let's listen to it. This is uh, TCR51451 by Timecode88.
Tonight, and that was Time Code 88 with the track TCR 51451. And I'm here right now with Marco on the Beyond Synth uh, Marco and Andy Power Hour. And we're catching up. So how was Christmas and all that stuff? Christmas was really, really nice. I ate a lot of food, put on weight, uh, usual stuff, I guess. Mm. Um yeah, I just, I mean, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I've been working a lot, so I've been pretty busy, a little short on staff at work. But uh, when I can, I have been playing video games. I have got into Baldur's Gate, um, which is really good. I've been playing that with my wife. We're enjoying it. Um, it's really fun, yeah. It's a massive download, though. <laughs> it was fucking like 135 gig or something ridiculous, but it's well worth playing, yeah. yeah. Especially uh, if you don't mind a little bit of turn-based combat, then it's really good. Okay, so I got to ask... <laughs> Because I ask everybody oh, who plays this go. game, <laughs> so did you fuck a bear? No, I haven't had <laughs> sex with a bear, no. <laughs> but we do love the aspect of being able to turn into animals and being able to talk to animals. Mm. It's it's really cool, actually. I mean, it's hard to explain until you do it. Some of the stuff is really quite interesting and touching. It's just a little different. But uh, no sex with a bear yet. My wife keeps telling me it's going to happen, so <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know what actually interests me the most about that game? Because still, I'm still hesitant. Yeah. I, I am making this year about playing my back catalog and about retro gaming. I can tell you about my arcade machine I'm building and the Ooh. fucking nonsense list of problems. Do other people, like, do things just work for them, like, the first try, like, when it comes to these sorts of projects? It seems that way. Because, oh my god, my life is going to nerd forums and then ten steps down, mm-hmm. I'm always the guy where, like, every step of the procedure doesn't go the way that they say it's gonna go in the fucking tutorial. Yeah. You know, where it's like, well, first you want to download this program, and then you're gonna want to press the red button, and then you download the program... Oh, I don't have a red button no on red my button. yeah. So yeah. on a form, do you, how do you use this program if there's no red button? Oh, if there's no red button, then you're going to want to go into your task manager and you're going to want to type in dot cmd slash whatever. So then you go to do that. <laughs> oh, how come my task manager doesn't come up? Mm. Oh, if you're using this version of Windows and the task manager no longer exists, you have to use this program. Okay, cool. It'll be in this folder. You go there. It's not there. What to do when that fucking program isn't in that folder? If that program's not in that folder, then like, and it just that's my life. It's like every single step is a problem. <laughs> so I'm building an arcade machine. I was going to use my Pandora's box. I probably told you all about this. I bought a retro shooter, which is the two guns. Mm-hmm. It comes with a Pandora's box preloaded, ready to go. Nice. You plug in an HDMI, you put the little sensor lights on your TV, mm-hmm. and it's plug and play. Yep. But, you know, arcade enthusiasts don't love Pandora's box because, you know, they are plug and play and ready to go, but you lose a lot of the customization options, and they're not mm-hmm. very powerful. Okay. So some of the 3D games, like when you do like the Dreamcast 3D games, like they're sort of displaying in their native resolution and, and stuff like that. Oh. But it works, right? So mm. I built the frame of the arcade machine. I bought some buttons off Amazon and I drilled the holes and I actually did the fucking joystick with the buttons and all that shit. <laughs> and dun, 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 the buttons I bought aren't compatible with the fucking Pandora's box no. machine. It, no. It doesn't recognize the joysticks. Oh, fuck's sake. So I'm like, okay, I got a choice here. I either have to pay some money to buy some better joysticks or different joysticks or buy a mini computer, like a B-Link, mm. and maybe I'll just make that the operating system of this arcade machine, okay. like a mini computer. If I get a mini computer, it, it recognizes these fucking joysticks, and then I'll just install my own front mm-hmm. end and 
system and all that stuff. So I do that. I get the B link. I'm following this tutorial on YouTube. They're like, hey, put in another hard drive and you're going to make it boot directly into Linux. I'm using this operating system called Batocera, which then you can load arcade games into it. It has a nice front end, all that stuff. So, of course, I install my hard drive. Windows is like, oh, there's your hard drive. Format it. Yeah, yeah. I go into the BIOS so that this computer will automatically boot into the hard drive and it doesn't see the hard drive. It doesn't see it? It's not even in the list of hard drives to pick from, even though Windows showed it to me. So then I'm on fucking for a day and all these videos, what to do when your hard drive doesn't show up in the fucking BIOS menu. Anyway, I do all that stuff. Push the red button. Yeah, yeah. And it was, (laughs) no, but it's been like that. It recognized the controller. So I'm like, okay, well, that's a good, that's a good thing. But then I'm having problem because now I have to install all the games myself. And of course, now there's all these compatibility issues and I'm using the wrong emulators and this crap. But then I discovered another fun thing. Which is the Batocera operating system, which is good. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are good about it. It doesn't like it when two controllers are plugged in that are the same brand. Mm, Oh, God. So it only recognizes the player one arcade stick. Oh, that's so frustrating. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So now what do I do? Mm. Now I got to buy, I guess, another control board for the player two arcade stick. But then I'm like, what if that control board ends up working with the Pandora's box. Because then I'm like, should I then just do the Pandora's box? But the thing was, the reason why I wanted to do this was because when I went to play Mortal Kombat on the Pandora's box, it looked like shit. Like, it's got that weird filter on it. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the way it sounded. I'm like, well, look, if I'm turning this thing into an arcade machine, obviously Mortal Kombat is my priority, right? I mean, I want the trilogy on there, Mm -hmm. and I want them to play properly. So that's what inspired me really to get the the little computer. So now I'm like, I gotta buy another fucking control board for the Player 2 stick. PCs are frustrating, like, in general. I know. Like, I, I play more now on the PC just because it's a better range of games. It's easier for chatting. I, I like PC. Okay. So, I never really liked Xbox, even though I've had Xboxes before. But, like, just, just the little shit with the PC drives you nuts. Like, a console's just so much easier yes. because you don't have to worry about half of this bullcrap. But, like, for example, I like to use a PlayStation controller when I'm playing on the PC. It's my favorite controller. Yeah. I don't like Xbox controllers. I don't like Microsoft shit, okay? <laughs> so, it's just a nightmare. Like, some games will work, some games won't. I've had to have programs I downloaded, and like you said, you got to go through a 20-step process to get it to work. Then it works on everything, and then there's an update on Windows, and then nothing works, and then it's just one thing after another, and then it'll work on Steam. I can use my PlayStation controller on Steam, but then I can't use it through Epic, I just can't get it to work yeah. for whatever reason through another gaming launcher. So it's just, it's frustrating. PCs can be really annoying sometimes just trying to get everything to work. It's usually just little things, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, it, that shit drives you nuts, man. Oh, dude, it's frustrating, but it's also, you know, when everything works, it's fine. But then I you know I'm going to do all this work yeah. and then I'm going to use the arcade machine like 10 minutes every month <laughs> after like two years of getting this shit to work. Oh, look, I just realized we just talked for way too long. So let's listen to a song okay. and then we'll keep chatting. I want to play this one from Rogue VHS. Uh, This is a fun pop song. This is Me and You.
by Rogue VHS. And I'm here with Marco right now, the Marco and Andy Power Hour. We're talking about the frustrations of computers. I would like to say that all things Beyond Synth are brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters and the Knights of Synth, the kings of the Patreon, keep the lights on in the Beyond Synth studio. And uh, so I would like to uh, just remind everybody about the cool people like Mike Shima, Mike Erdahl, Tiber83, Brendan Decker, Timothy Carlton. Okay, you guys are all awesome, and so is Randy. That's right, Randy's a cool guy, too. And Dinner Dog and Hugh Hefner. Yeah, I like Randy. But... <laughs> 
No, he is. He's a cool guy. Yeah, so that's what's been going on over here. So I've been trying to do this arcade build. Frustration all over the place. Um, but I, I did yesterday. I got things working. I was having problems because like I could load Mortal Kombat 1 and 2 and not Mortal Kombat 3. And then it turned out if I go into the sub menu, some of those arcade games just need to be loaded with a different emulator. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, oh, I, I, I have to load this one with fucking libretto MAME 1.3. But then this ROM needs to be opened with MAME 7. 0.68 or whatever, you know, like all that crap. Mm. I will say though, for retro machines, these little mini PCs are actually pretty good. I bought the cheapest one I could get. What are we talking here? 60 bucks? Oh no, I mean it was still, More? it was like 200 Canadian. Oh, well that's Canadian of course. Yeah, but the thing is they're mini PCs so they're not like RetroPies. Yeah. It is a little computer. It comes with Windows. Oh, I see. It's a computer. Because RetroPies, like their little chipboard or whatever and mm. they're fine but they really don't have the power. Like, I would watch these videos of Mm -hmm. people emulating games are like oh and you can play your N64 games and shit I'm like yeah but at their native resolution like who the hell wants to play Mario Kart at 260 by 140 or whatever like you know when I play 3D games I like a system that has enough power to make Uh, it look sharp see Andy, I'm a bit more of a purist, mate. I'm sorry if I kind of <laughs> am, but... Look, my problem is playing those old games, I don't like them stretched out. Yes. On the screen, mm-hmm. I almost prefer to play them square. That's an issue with the Pandora's box. Yeah. Because Pandora's boxes, they come, and everything's stretched widescreen. Yeah. It's like Apple, right? Like, they make things that are plug mm-hmm. and play, and so if you just use it exactly the way they give it to you, everything works fine. But the second you go, actually, I want to change a specific thing, sometimes as simple as turning a game from widescreen back into 4 by 3 uh-huh. and then it's an issue and then you're like man this is so much easier on the computer when you're dealing with the emulator you know you just have the little menu and you know you can put in your blur and your scan lines and all the things you want to do mm-hmm. so I will say this yes. when it comes to 2D games I might even go even older school than I thought I would was going to which is ironic I used to have like a stack of old TVs in my basement Ooh. which I eventually destroyed and brought to the dump because I'm like who's going to need these anymore yeah. and now I'm starting to realize that maybe to properly enjoy these classic games, I actually need to get an old TV. <laughs> like, I think, look, honestly, that's everyone's different, but I think I'm in that boat. I, I really do because it just does. It looks different. It's not meant to be played that way on a, a wide screen. I, I don't know. That's me. Well, also the way the the pixels look, like the games are too sharp. Like yes. when I play, yeah. when I play like the arcade games and the old Nintendo and the Genesis stuff, I usually use. I think it's called the bilinear filter, mm-hmm. and that's the one that kind of just adds a layer of blur on the screen. Yes. I need that filter. Sometimes I put scan lines on, but for me, it's just the blur. The, the blur filter is the one I always mm. need on because those games, when they're too sharp, like Mortal Kombat, for example, is a perfect example. Like, it, it doesn't look mm. good when you can see all the pixels. It needs to be blurred. I think it really does need to be played on an old school TV. Yeah. I played uh, Castlevania Symphony. Symph- Symph- I'll do that again. <laughs> Symph- oh, my God. I can't even talk now. <laughs> You're going to leave this shit in, aren't you? I knew it. Um, Symphony. Symph- Symphony of the Night. <laughs> Stop it. I can say it, all right? Damn it. It's like one of my favorite games of all time. And I went back and played it again on the PS4. I purchased it. And it looks quite different. And then I was like, man, I don't remember it looking. Like, it's still good. I just, but it, it looks different with a new screen. And I kind of missed the old look. Yeah, I went and compared it. And like, I was like, because there's that other people that think this way. And there actually is a lot of people that think that way. So when it comes to 3D games, yeah. I don't mind boosting the performance. So when I play GoldenEye, mm-hmm. 
I do prefer to boost. I will boost the performance as much as I can. Like, I would boost it to fucking 4K with anti-aliasing on fucking Macs and, like... Yeah. But the 2D games are different. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching a lot of videos of nerds talk about old CRT TVs and stuff, and I never thought about it in, in this way. I mean, that was just the technology of the time. But the games were sort of made to be played on those TVs. I will, yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah. some of the graphics were made in such a way because they knew it was going to come through a tube TV. TV and it sort of softens the edges mm-hmm. of, you know, like the pixels and stuff like that. And so now yeah. it's it's really been making me think, fuck, I wish I didn't throw out all those TVs because <laughs> I had a fucking no, stack right. of them. <laughs> I had a really good one too. It's a Super Trinitron flat screen. Yeah. Fucking state of the art. It was two grand at the time, Andy. Two grand. Jesus Christ. I know. Now it's, I, I had to throw it out. It's not worth anything. I know. I had a buddy who had like a 34 inch. Damn. And I was like, I asked him just today. I'm just like, what'd you do with that TV, man? And he's like, oh, he took it to the dump like four years ago the thing was mm-hmm. that tv i think it did weigh like 500 pounds or like 200 or something. Dude, those old tvs were nuts i was talking about that with my brother he had a phillips one that was uh just before plasma became real popular uh, about 2003 he bought it and this thing i'm not kidding it weighed like 120 pounds yeah. i remember we had to get rid of it one day i was like holy fuck you got a dead body in here or something like <laughs> jesus christ man I do <laughs> matter of fact yeah <laughs> Anyway, I almost wrecked his car trying to take it out of his car. I almost wrecked it because it was fucking so hard. Once we got it in there, it's like, how the fuck you would get it out? You're going to climb in there and you can't lift. So we almost ripped his seats and his door and everything. He's like, good riddance. Good riddance, you piece of shit. But anyway. I know, I know. With those TVs that I got rid of, once they were in my house, because a friend of mine brought them over and like, you could use these. And I thought maybe I would use them as props for something. And I eventually, I smashed them in the basement. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm not carrying these things out of here. Like, I took the wood panels off the side. Some of them had wood panel TVs. Oh, I miss that shit. I took them apart, and I took a sledgehammer, and I smashed as much as I could so that mm. I could sort of just put it in bags. Mm-hmm. I know someone's going to, in the comments, be like, you shouldn't be fucking breathing in the tube shit or whatever. And <laughs> let's just say I turned out great. Do you want to play me a song? Sure, I can play you something. You still need a little bit of work on your segues. I see you're a little rusty, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, Fuck you. So there's a new one out from Mark D called Aquatic Ambience. Um, okay, so Aquatic Ambience is the Donkey Kong underwater music. The the skizzy Aquatic Ambient song is the one that people use on TikTok a lot where he did this weird remix of Aquatic Ambience. Yeah, it's got a lot of plays. Yeah, Yeah, it's like kind of reversed and funny sounding, but it is still... And then I guess this is a play on the skizzy one. Sorry. Because <laughs> people love to cover Aquatic Ambience because it is like one of the best yeah, it's pretty good. video game songs of all time. And then Skizzy is this cover of Aquatic Ambience or Remix or whatever that people use on TikTok all the time. It's one of those whenever something weird and you're like, you know, like, <laughs> and you hear it a lot on TikTok. And I guess Mark D's version is, is like a playing on the Skizzy remix Skizzy version, version. <laughs> yeah yeah this one's got a higher tempo better drums um and it's a, quite a different take on it and it's also had some great guitar work from none other than shred kruger nice well let's uh, let's listen to it then this is aquatic ambience by mark d it's some uh, some shred kruger in there <laughs>
All right, that was Aquatic Ambience by Mark D with some Shred Kruger. Of course, uh, you know, everyone loves uh, that Donkey Kong song. That that probably is still one of my favorite video game songs as well, to be honest. That whole video game, there's certain games that came out on Super Nintendo that are just, I don't know, they're just up there. The gameplay, the visual style, the visual quality, and the sound. I mean, just so good. And that's obviously, you know, right up there with one of the best on Super Nintendo. That was such a fucking good game. One of these days... Because I'm trying to make this the year of the retro <gasps> game for me, mm-hmm. I want to come up with a list of just all the games that mattered. Not necessarily like my favorite top 10 games list, but you know how like throughout your life, there's just games you were playing mm-hmm. that maybe you don't look back and go like, that was one of my favorite games of all time, but it's still important in just your development or whatever. Yeah. Well, as far as Super Nintendo, I mean, for me, it'd be like Super Mario World. There'd be Metroid, there'd be uh, Zelda, Link to the Past, there would be Donkey Kong, um, just trying to think of some of the others, Castlevania, just everything about it, and every time I like, I don't know, just something nostalgic about it, and it was a big part of me growing up. Because there's the ones that you think back to and go like, oh, that goes on my list, and then there's other games that are seminal memories, where you're like, this was an important memory that I saw this game or that I played it, but I don't necessarily care or think like I remember like Street Fighter the first time I saw Street Fighter 2 mm-hmm. it was like my brother had a friend who had a Super Nintendo I didn't own one yet and I went to his house and he was one of those guys you know had like a rec room in his basement <laughs> and the Super Nintendo hooked up I just remember just the experience of seeing a game system where like this looks like the arcade you know like even though it doesn't like, <laughs> yeah but, that was pretty good you know so that was an important time because I remember it just made me feel like oh like Super Nintendo is a special thing like this is different than these other yeah. things and I saw them playing Super Mario World and Street Fighter and it was like such a big deal and this guy just owned those two games and then I remember I rented a Super Nintendo and I phoned that guy even though he was like more my brother's age I'm like hey can I borrow some games off you or whatever he's like yeah and I I, I said oh can I try out Street Fighter and he's like what are you crazy yeah because that was like his favorite game and he wouldn't lend it out I know (laughs) it was like if I lend you that game it's gonna have to lend me three games in return it's not like a regular game you know what I mean that's just how I I know I asked my friend too he's like nah and then I had to save up man buy it because it was more expensive than the other games too for some fucking reason did you get that as well i swear it was like an extra 10 or 20 dollars yeah i think we've talked about this before (laughs) on the show but like video game prices didn't used to be regulated so even though they've gone up again i don't know if you noticed but uh, there's a lot of new games now in the playstation store canadian dollars 93 dollars is now the new it looks like that's the new price for next gen games 93 something well i guess that's about 60 dollars american us i guess because that's usually what we pay about 60 Aren't you guys so, up to 70 now? I don't think so. I played. I think I paid $60 for boulders. When you say 60 do you mean 59 or do you mean 69 59 Really? $59.99 plus tax. But see, we have New York State tax, which fucks us too. Okay, I would look into that because I thought the American default price now was like 79 No, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. It's saying it's uh, $59.99 if I want to buy it on Steam. For fuck's sake, I've got to put my goddamn birth date in every well, no, goddamn just... time. <laughs> Just because there's bears that you can have sex with. No, I mean, okay, so I'm not saying that's not what you bought Baldur's Gate for, but I mean, I think the default price of a new game, like when you buy a game day one, uh-huh. that they keep raising that price. It's like they up it like $10 every year. The whole reason why I even brought this up, <laughs> maybe it's not affecting your purchase of Baldur's Gate because it's like... Maybe. I mean, I'm older. no expert because I don't buy a shitload of games, so maybe some of the listeners can tell us if that's true or not, but... Hold on. I'm just I'm typing in modern game pricing US, right? Yeah, but the problem we got over here is tax too, so you're not paying like $6 on top of that, so you're almost paying fucking 70 anyway. Fucking tax. Uh, I'm 
seeing now they're saying it's 70. I think it's like 69 is the... Mm-hmm. Anyway, look, the point is this. I mean, like, but some games What's are even point? more, right? Like, you know, you'll see, like, the new Call of Duty or whatever, and it'll be like, buy the... You know, they're always advertising, like, the buy the fucking special edition before it even comes out for, like, 150 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I brought this up was because when, when I was young, there was no standard game price for anything, right? Like, they no. would literally be different prices depending on what store you went to. And I know that I paid $99 for Mortal Kombat 3. Yes. I paid $99 for um, Mortal Kombat Trilogy on the N64. I paid $99 for Conker's Bad Fur Day. And that's then money. That was fucking like 1997 money or whatever, which is worth more than today's money and we had more a higher tax rate back then too we had 15 percent. they changed it to 13 because they merged the nice. anyways listen i want to listen to a song yeah i know so i'm just gonna say this is the most random shit we haven't recorded it in three months and i just get a text message on my phone i look at it who the fuck would be texting me now and it's my boss at work saying are these guys any good and he sent me a screenshot of marco and andy power hour <laughs> What are the chances? We just happen to be recording right now. How the fuck? Dude, there's some coincidences in life, I tell you. I told them, yeah, real good. Real fucking good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look. Anyway, sorry. Let's listen to this. Uh, Baldo Caster came out with uh, a new little EP, Ooh, and uh, it's really good. There's actually two songs on there I really wanted to play, but I'm just going to play one of them. I love Baldo Caster, and uh, this track is called Sunless Sea.
that was Sunless Sea by Baldo Caster from the album Fragment. 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 Mint? Frag- fragment. 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 Look, the point is, I'm here with Marco. Yeah. I want to do a quick shout-out. Uh, we're going to do a little random Patreon shout-out. That's the new thing I'm going to do. You shot now. Uh, what do we got here? In the $10 Club, how about uh shout-out to Andrew Bennon and Dr. Churlish? Who the fuck is Dr. Churlish? <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Dr. Churlish. Let's look into the donation of the Beast Club. That's the 666. Uh, hey, Tatsuya Miwa. Thanks, and thanks to Cat Punk and uh, Luke Jackson. All right. Anyways, we're back. So Yeah. We're talking about price of games. Yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to say, like, because games were super expensive when we were growing up. Because, like, mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo and the Mega Drive or Genesis, wherever you're from, those games were always 90 to $100 in Australia. And back in, like, fucking 1990 or 91, 92, that was a lot of money, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wasn't working or anything. And then Street Fighter came out and that was, like, $115 or something. I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You've got to have a job. I mean, the only people that had that game were people with a job or people that were, like, ridiculously spoiled by their parents. Yeah. But games actually came down in price. But before that like Nintendo 64 came out and we were pissed off because that's when I started working and I could kind of afford games but me and my brother used to bitch about it like Nintendo 64 the games I know because they're on cartridge are more expensive than PlayStation you know and um, some of the games are ridiculous man 115 120 was like normal price yes for a game but then it came down like then it was like 80 to 90 dollars per game all the way through PlayStation 2 PlayStation 3 Xbox and all that so that at least there's that and you know a lot more goes into the games now they have a bigger crew and everything but um, I guess they're charging more now. For a long time, I was paying sixty nine Canadian. Wow, sixty nine used to be the price for games. Which is what systems are we talking about? Like what era was that? That's what we're talking about here. Like PS two, PS three, PS four. Oh yeah. And then every generation, they started upping the price by like ten bucks. Yeah. And then now it seems like they're doing a lot more of that, and they're doing a lot more of that upselling bullshit. Oh, I fucking hate that season pass. You want the season pass, and you get extra costume, and you get an extra weapon that you're never going to use but it looks good yes i stopped doing that shit i'm sick of it like i i, I did that with dead island i've got that we got the 20 dollars extra and you get everything and the season pass and i finished the game and it's like well you know what i don't even think i want to play it anymore like i'm done and then i got one costume that was shit and, and then i got fucking this weapon and it's like i don't even need it i mean i've already got really good weapons anyway so it was such a waste of money yeah no i did i did that with mortal Kombat, <laughs> yeah. and it was ridiculous i think i'm just done with this i think the reason why i'm compelled to just play more retro games and do the back catalog is I don't like the modern video game business model. I don't, I don't like it. I think a lot of people also don't I like don't. it. Like this fucking perpetually online mm. fucking games as a service bullshit where like it's yeah. like the game isn't even like on your system. It's like the game's online, you know, like everything you do is play some mm-hmm. stupid multiplayer co-op thing and it's like I just want to go back to just the games. Yeah. Like I love retro games, but I do love a lot of the quality of life shit of modern games. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go back and play old games, yeah, there's this nostalgia, but then there is also that thing of, oh, remember in, like, 2001, where, like, all games now have this option or whatever... And that option just makes playing these types of games a lot better. Like, you know, you'll yeah. you'll play some shooting game and it's like, hey, I get to look up and I get I can like aim up and aim in every direction and then you go back and play those games from like the eighties and like you can only shoot straight. Yeah, like Doom, you can't look up and down. If somebody's above your you have to just line them up and it'll shoot up automatically. Yes. Which always seems weird to me. And it's like yeah. that it's like that with a lot of old games where where you mm-hmm. go like, Oh, I like this, but you know, I like the new ones move faster or they there's yeah. or they load whatever. Like there's things that they do 
do that I like. But maybe like the answer lies in the um, the modding community and and the indie game yeah. uh, community because you know I talk about Goldeneye all the time and people make fun of me, but it's like mm. I don't want to talk about Goldeneye. Right, like the reason why I do is because it's so good. But it's so good, and because it, it another company never tried to come in and go. Here's the new GoldenEye replacement, the GoldenEye killer mm-hmm. or whatever. Right, like every other yeah. franchise, you've got new versions. You know, every few years or whatever, and it's like you know, if you're a fan of Street Fighter, right? Like you've got the new Street Fighter Six, and everyone's fucking raving about, or you got Tekken Eight and all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a Tekken fan gets to look at Tekken Eight. All the reviewers giving it fucking amazing scores. Everyone talks about how great it is. It's probably not sitting there whining about. Oh, I still want to play Tekken Two because they've got this new game that everybody likes. Yeah. It's good, right? Uh, that's, that's not that's not to say that the old games don't have their own nostalgic value, but the franchise, the the whole thing is being carried forward. I watched this video today about here's the upcoming first person shooters to look out for in 2024, right? Mm-hmm. And first person shooters now they're all gimmicks, like high concept things, mm-hmm. and at no point is there ever just a game that's just. You play as an action hero, and it's like you're in an action movie, but it's a first-person shooting game, right? They're all, Mm -hmm. this game takes place in an alternate universe where fucking 1950 didn't happen, and your gun is attached to your arm. (laughs) This game takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland that's based on the 1950s. This game takes place on an alien ship with ghosts, and you need a fucking gun that shoots souls. This fucking game takes place in an alternate 1931 where fucking reptiles, whatever, every single game game is that yeah they're all that every single fucking game that's a first person shooter is all this fucking game takes place in an alternate 1948 where you reverse time whenever you punch this game takes place in a fucking cloud where you shoot rain out of your eyes like none of them are just like just a fucking game where you're just a fucking action hero and it's like an action like john wick is a huge franchise why isn't there a shooting game john wick why i know there even was a Matrix game when that came out, which was pretty cool. It was an action game. I don't know if you ever remember. I, I know they don't really do stuff like that anymore. But even just for the feeling, like it doesn't. It. I'm not, I'm not saying it necessarily has to be based on a franchise or a movie franchise, but like. Why is there not just a normal shooting game? <laughs> like, when I play Goldeneye, it's like, is this the last game ever that was like, you play as an action hero from an action movie sort of thing, and you're just like a lone guy doing missions or whatever? Because everything now, it's all concept, these high concepts, and all I want mm. is just, like, the honestly, this is why I love Grand Theft Auto, as wacky as it is, it's like the most normal, like it takes place in the real world, and it's not yeah fucking call of duty or whatever mm-hmm. and that's the thing that that drives me nuts is because when i talk about goldeneye i wish there was a game that fucking replaced goldeneye yeah. i want new graphics with all the fucking bells and whistles of unreal engine 5 and all these fucking ray tracing and all this bullshit but i just want it to be like playing fucking goldeneye yeah you have regular weapons with regular sniper gun and no fucking bullets coming out of your asshole Dude, or laser beams every or whatever fucking just regular they're all that <laughs> It's all that. <laughs> Fucking post-apocalyptic alternate reality. You hold Y and you go back in time and fucking you reverse time. With, telekinesis yeah, with X. Just drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> anyway, play me a song. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> uh, okay, we've got some new dark synths that came out. Acryl Madness is one of my favorite dark synth producers um, for the last couple of years. He has a new album out. Uh, I think it's a six-track EP album, whatever. And the track that I like off of the most is Occult Overdose. <laughs> Overdose by Acryl Madness. I'm here right now with Marco, with Marco and Andy Power Hour. I was just getting upset about old game stuff. I'm very excited. 
I actually feel like the PlayStation 3 was kind of when things peaked a little bit, and I'm going to explain why I think that is. I mean, all the systems are great, and I've had so much fun throughout the years, but I think it peaked because that was just before you had the... where you have to keep paying for shit, you know? Oh, you mean like DLC and... Yeah, yeah, and all that. It was right before that. They would come out with expansions for games, and it wasn't like a DLC as in, like, um, you pay, you know, season pass or whatever it is, or you pay for costumes. Yeah, you had to buy the fucking disc. <laughs> yeah, you would actually get a, an expand, like a pro- whole new game. Like, for example, Undead Nightmare with Red Dead Redemption. Yep. Um, I mean, there was, like, GTA expansions for GTA 4, a whole new set of missions and everything. It was like a new game, just set in the same place, whatever. I feel like like it was really good because it was right in between the two phases so you basically had where everybody was playing online but you still had provision to be able to play with your buddy at home together on the same screen you know most games had split screen co-op split screen multiplayer and you had the option of LAN you had the option of playing online together so you kind of had the best of both worlds now kind of everything's just gone towards you know everybody's playing in their living room um, online you know with all the online purchases now it gets fucking frustrating man it really does with certain games anyway I just feel feel like it was really that was a really good time right there <laughs> I, I probably have said this before like <laughs> one of my favorite video game memory which is this is a very pathetic memory the last time i had like a game day it was the ps3 and it was skyrim or no it wasn't skyrim it was oblivion oblivion of course yeah and i had a little games room in my attic mm-hmm. and there was just this one day it wasn't married yet i was with my wife but you know what were you home when they're not your wife but <laughs> your girlfriend Girl, that's what it is yeah she bought me the ps3 as a gift right and it was awesome and mm-hmm. um and then I just remember this one day where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go upstairs. I went to Tim Hortons. I bought a whole bunch of food, just fucking like just mm-hmm. sandwiches and donuts and <laughs> snacks and cookies and drinks. And I just sat up there and I just fucking played Oblivion all day. And I still think about that day. <laughs> <laughs> Still think about that fucking it's day. Like the perfect day. Because <laughs> it was mm. awesome. I just had a fucking little table with snacks. Mm. No one to bug me. I just told everybody in advance. And Oblivion was new. Mm. So it was like a new experience. Like this fucking crazy open world RPG that blew my mind. Because I'd never played a game like that. And I, I always wanted that game to exist. So playing it was just like, I can't believe I'm playing an open world fucking fantasy game. Where, you know, like it's just like everything about it just blew my mind. So good. And then... I had all day and you're right because with all this downloadable content now and all these extra things like you never feel like it's weird on one end it's cool because if you like a game you get to keep getting new experiences Mm -hmm. right like so part of me goes you know what if GoldenEye kept going and every year there was a map expansion pack and a gun pack or whatever like I would be happy with that that's pretty cool it keeps the game alive there's new things Mm -hmm. on the other hand it's like you never feel like there is a game right but can you imagine if GoldenEye had done that like every three months there's another fucking level like after a while it gets watered down because it's like this is the game. These are the 20 levels or whatever. And this is it. You can play it on the hardest mode, which is ridiculously fucking hard. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, I, I understand. I can see some people would be like, yeah, that's great. There's more content. But at the same time, I like it that it's that's it. That is it, you know, for that game. I see both sides where on one hand, right, it's nice right. to get new content because you might get a new favorite thing. But then I also appreciate that once I have my favorite things, I like to go back to them. 
Hmm. So it's like if you gave me a level expansion pack and there's one great level, maybe it becomes part of the rotation. I also understand more with the multiplayer. Like, yeah, of course, if there's an online community and everybody's playing it, you got to have fresh content. You have to, otherwise it's going to die. So I do understand that. It's just weird because you feel like you don't have the game. Right. I don't know how to explain this. Like, in the past, you, you buy a game and you own this thing, mm-hmm. and there's all the content of that thing in this cartridge you just bought. But when all the content is, like, online or needs to be unlocked or it's coming in a week or these costumes are coming in two months but you already know they're coming or whatever then it's sort of like, is there anything? Like, is there even a game on this disc? What is this? Like, when the internet shuts down, I just don't have this anymore. Like, it's just gone. And it's a weird feeling. That's why I like always tinkering with retro games and, like, trying to build this arcade because I just like going back and just having a thing. And I'm a weird... uh, I do have one weird thing, though, about retro games I don't know if everyone's on board with. I kind of like still having individual consoles. But as I'm building the arcade, I I watch these videos of people who, who, you know, they've got their arcade setups. And they go, this thing's got 70,000 games. And they're, like, flipping through all the games, right? And it's like, you know, this this, does N64, it does fucking games. Cube, it does PS1 and PS2, but I don't want to play Mario 64 on an arcade machine. Like, no. Mario 64 is an N64 game you play on the couch, but I want to play arcade games on the arcade machine, right? Like, yeah. for me, an arcade machine is like brawlers and fighting games. Like, that's what <laughs> that's what they're there for. And so, I'm not going to load my arcade machine with, like, console games unless they're arcade style console games. You know, like brawlers right. or fighting games or whatever, but mm-hmm. for the most part, if they're a port of an arcade game I don't need them like I don't need the Super Nintendo version of Mortal Kombat 2 if I have the arcade version of Mortal Kombat 2 uh, because it's better yeah I like the convenience of having it all in the same spot but you're right like with a lot of things it, it is better having the different console it's nice if you know if you could it's just so many you know but maybe just your favorite ones. But like the Nintendo 64 was a, in particular stands out to me because I don't like playing it through the emulators because I want to play it on the Nintendo 64 controller. I know yeah. it has copped some flack over the years, but those games on that system really need to be played through that controller to be played properly. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, Nintendo is funny that way. I think when I do say that thing about consoles, mm-hmm. I think I am talking specifically about Nintendo because yeah. now knowing that these little mini computers exist, mm-hmm. um, although I do need need one that's more powerful than the one that I bought because N64 emulation is funny. It requires more power than it should to, you know, boost the graphics and stuff. But I would like to... Remember Jared? (laughs) Fucking Retro Revolutions? Yes. So I remember he was saying he was going to make this thing for me that never happened, but... Yeah, you going to make something for me too. Um, I think now I could make that thing. Because <laughs> essentially, if I bought a mini PC and then got a used N64, someone had an old broken N64, I would just, yeah, mm. crack it open, put the mini PC inside, close it up, drill some holes where the ports are for like USB ports or whatever, and mm. then have like an N64-specific emulator system so that it has N64 controllers, but the game's you know, look better, and it's got an HDMI out, but it's just for N64. That's just the mm-hmm. point of it. Because with PlayStation, it's different, right? Because it's been technically the same controller layout. Right. Yeah, that one's not a big deal, because it is pretty much the same. But with N64, because I do have that issue when I play the emulator, mm. where I'm like, I don't like using the right analog stick as the C buttons. Like, I want C no, buttons. I want C buttons, yeah. You're present playing, like, WrestleMania and stuff, and it's like, those games, that was the whole thing. Like, C button down is run. Like, I don't... 
want to press a joystick for that. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, that, that's what puts me off playing a lot of Nintendo 64 games on emulators. No, it does, really. Like, Super Nintendo games are fine because the controller, it's not as big a deal, yeah. you know, at all, really. So, I completely agree. Look, we'll keep talking, but I want to listen to a song here. And uh, I got a cool one here from, I guess he's calling himself just George Ergum now, mm-hmm. uh, which is George Ergum Lids. I had him on the show a few seasons ago. He's a cool guy. Uh, but this song, it says George Ergum. So, I don't know if he's, like, abbreviated his last name or what. But uh, anyway, it's a cool song. He had a little four-track EP called uh, Ex- Exhale, and this is the titular Exhale track from George Ergum.
All right, and that was George Ergum with Exhale. I wonder if when he shortens it like that, if he wants it still pronounced Ergum or Urgem. Hmm. I'm sure he'll let us know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Hopefully he's listening at some point and you can let us yeah. know <laughs> what's the correct answer. Yeah, George. Anyways, he's a cool guy uh, from Tbilisi. So anyways, listen, I'm here with Marco. It's the Marco and Andy Power Hour. I did promise some ball school updates. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That's right. So let's just do that and get it out of the way. I did generate two songs using some AI music generator oh to God. come up with some kind of theme song. So here that is. Somewhere out there is a bull school, a German bull school, and they call it better bull school. school updates. It's a bull school update. Bull school in Finkelstadt. Bull school is taking place. Bull school, this is the bull school. Bull school. All right, so look, <laughs> I got a few ball school updates. This one is from the start of the year. So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> for some reason, I got my email address on the ball school mailing list, which is a German, it's a place called Werder Ball School in Germany, and they send me ball school updates. I don't know why. I guess someone who goes to that place <laughs> or their kid goes to the ball school has a similar email to me. And uh, this was uh, from the beginning of the year. It says, uh, Liebe Eltern, Krags. Anyway, the translation is, due to illness, the ball schools, unfortunately, have to be canceled for today. Oh, my God. Then there was another update that said, the ball schools can still take place today. Have fun later. Best regards, the ball school team. Ball school team. So normally that's what it is. Someone's sick or whatever. Then there was this one, which was a bit longer. So it's it's Werder Tug is the Instagram. Uh-huh. I don't know what the tug is, but like it's spelled W-E-R. W-E-R-D-E-R. I think it's pronounced Werder Ball School. At least that's how the AI sung it. Dear Ball School Parents, <laughs> we would like to draw your attention to a few little things to ensure better coexistence and increased well-being for your children. The first point we would like to address is staying in the halls. Of course, we can understand very well if you would like to accompany your child to the ball schools for the first one or two times. That is not a problem in our opinion. However, we would like to ask you not to stay in the halls afterwards. This only leads to unrest, (laughs) which is no good for anyone. The ball schools are sports courses without parents, in contrast to parent and child gymnastics. I guess a bunch of stuff happens at the ball school. I bet it does. We would also like to draw attention to the following point. Since communication about outages via email is sometimes lost, we also communicate outages via our Instagram page. So this is where we can get ball school updates all the time at Word or Tug. So that's what's going on at the ball school. The parents are waiting in the halls where they shouldn't be. That's so fucking weird, man. <laughs> I finally went to that Instagram, right? Because I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. Word or Tug. <laughs> do they actually have any videos or photos? They do have photos, yeah. It, it's like a rec center. Okay. There's something to me that is so funny about the fact that it's called the ball school like i just i don't know why i mean well, i do know why but you know <laughs> translates so badly doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> fucking ball school you imagine you tell me what do you do for a living i work at the ball school yeah <laughs> you gotta say it with that tone of voice as well <laughs> okay you know what? we'll do one more thing Yes. Before you play me a song, let's just do a quick birthdays. Sure. Uh, we completely missed the month of January. So I think this year, just to simplify things, because I always forget, I'm just going to do the birthdays for the month. January we missed. So hold on, I'm going to play the jingle.
birthday. These are my January birthdays, which we missed. They're a month late. So a happy birthday to Kudzost. All right, Stanislav. A happy birthday, and that was on January the 1st. On January the 2nd, a happy birthday to Ross Pentland. On January 8th, a happy birthday to Slade. And on January 15th, a happy birthday to Tetsuya Miwa. On January 26th, happy birthday to Monkey Magics. And then Mike Bailey, happy birthday. That was on the 29th. And then there was another 29th birthday, Edward Knight. I don't even know if that guy's still a patron. He was the Naked Flame. And then on January 31st, Happy birthday to Stu M. I guess, well, maybe we should do February ones. You know what? Play me a song, and then we'll do the February birthdays and get that shit out of the way. All right. right. And it is shit, by the way. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, There's a newer artist that I discovered just recently who's got a really good track. This is a really gorgeous song right here that I've been enjoying. It's by an artist called Levi Doran, and the track is Miami Sunset.
And that was Levi Doran with the track Miami Sunset. And that was a nice one there. And I'm here with Marco. Uh, we're the Marco and Andy Power Hour. Now we're just getting we're getting through some business here. We took a lot of big, long segments yeah. there talking about video games. This is the business end of the show. <laughs> I do love that this is called the Power Hour. Yeah, and it always goes over an hour. Yes. Well over an hour. <laughs> when we came up with the idea, it was literally supposed to be an hour. Like, if you listen to the first few, we did it in an hour. And, like, now it's just fucking... Did Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first few are like an hour and no, five we, minutes. I'm impressed or... that we could keep it to an hour at any point. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Well, it didn't last long. <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. What we're going to do now is we're going to do the February birthdays. And if you want me to shout out your birthday, if you're a patron of the show, just send me a message on Patreon and just say uh, when your birthday is and I'll read it out and the name you want me to say. So look, in February, I want to have very, ha- I want to have a very happy birthday. That's stupid. I want to wish a very happy birthday to River Avenue from February 2nd. That's belated because this episode comes out after that, but happy birthday, buddy, to River Avenue on February 6th. Happy birthday to David Lavelle Jr. Joe Esposito's birthday's on February 11th. Happy birthday to Joe. You can go back and listen. Last year, Marco and I did an episode of Joe's podcast, The Ozone Late Night. I forget when that yeah, was. That's that, right. Then like November, he put that out or something. Something I like that. Think so. So, yeah. Anyway, that's if you if you like listening to us talk about shit. And then uh, happy birthday to Daniel Hrivnak, a.k.a. Silent H. That's on February 12th. On February 14th, happy birthday to your friendly neighborhood, Raccoon PD. Well, we heard from him in the uh, the call-in shows, of course. He used to go by Jimmy the Hot Andrew. He's a cool guy. And um, Skylane Drive, happy birthday on February 14th. Cenotaph, a.k.a. Wes Evans, happy birthday February the 16th. We talked to him, too. Then there's Florence. We all know Florence, right? Glitbiter. We do the uh, the round tables. I don't know how many of those we're going to do this year, but that's the thing we do. Happy birthday, Florence. February 25th. And then on 26th, happy birthday to Dinner Doug. And then Assy Dre. Happy birthday to you. That's February 27th. And finally, on February 28th, Night of Ducks, who we also talked to on the call-in shows last season. So happy birthday to all of you. Those are our February birthdays. Marco, what do you have to say about that? I was going to say happy birthday. Uh, Hopefully this show comes out before your birthday, so it'll be um, before it and not on a belated birthday. But um, no, thanks for all the support and I hope you have a good one. Was that just a general message for everybody? It was, for everybody, (laughs) even if it's not your birthday. I thought you were about to add another February birthday. I'm like, oh, the fuck, who's this going to be? Oh, I can't think of any right now, mate. Anyway, that was a big, long list. I didn't... uh... It was, yeah. Usually it's uh, there's like five or six. That's the way I like it because I like short lists. Know what I mean? You do like short lists? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what did I, I don't know. Is this a euphemism? I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know either. I was <laughs> trying to think of something clever to say, but I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, how about um, we'll listen to another song here. I got, it's, it's my turn, right? Yeah, you got another one? I think uh, this was sent to me by Aztec Records. Yeah, it's an album by uh, Black Like Oil is what they're called. And uh, and this is a cool song. This is Icarus by Black Like Oil.
And that was Black Like Oil with the track Icarus from the album Past Perfect Continues. There's an EP, and that was cool. And uh, I'm here with Marco. We're doing the first Marco and Andy Power Hour of Season 12 in February, and we're having a good time. We've been talking about retro games. So what's the plan, then? Do you have any... Uh... Really, nothing's changed for me. I mean, I'm going to be working a lot, but I just want to play Baldur's Gate. i got a whole bunch of games I want to play. i just got to find the time to do it. Not enough time in the day. Still watching lots of old horror movies. I just watched Basket Case 2 last night. That was a funny one. <laughs> These fucking movies are so ridiculous. And uh, that's really it, man. Just keeping it simple. Keeping it real and keeping it 80s, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Basket Case 2 looked very silly. I sort of skimmed through it. It seemed tonally very different than the first one. Yeah, it was. It was very different. There's still number three there to watch, which I'll get around to eventually. But um, and, uh, it was funny. It was entertaining. Let's put it that way. Well, that's good. Yeah, I haven't really seen too much. I've really had my head into getting this stupid arcade machine to work. That's where I've been focusing. Well, I hope it all works out for you. I mean, I hope you can use both controllers. And I'm interested to see how it develops and what you figure out. You know what, what it's really making me think about? Because mm-hmm. At first, I would see these websites of people who build arcade machines, right? Like, you know, you buy these Mm -hmm. custom arcades, and they seemed so expensive. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm never going to do that, you know, because they charge like fucking $3,000 and shit, you know, upwards for these pre-built arcade machines. Mm -hmm. Like the professional-looking ones, right? Right, yeah. But now that I start to think about it, yes, it's too much money, and like, obviously, I don't have that kind of money and wouldn't spend it. Mm. But now when you start to build your own, it's not like there's a huge markup on what they're charging because yeah. it seems silly when you're like three grand but then when you think well even some of the wood and the materials that's like fucking hundreds of dollars right there and then there's still like the time it takes to fucking cut and assemble the thing and then when they have the artwork on the side like mm-hmm. the computer that's inside it that runs the fucking games yep. and I'm sure they have you know like a hard drive template with all the games that they just sort of clone and put into a new system so I'm sure they're not like struggling like I am like I'm sure mm-hmm. they just copy the computer to another computer and everything just works but you know if you want light guns there's the the arcade machines you can buy that also have the light gun set up if they're using gun for ir which is like the the top of the line that all the nerds like for shooting games because it's more accurate mm-hmm. gun for ir is the name of these type of light guns they're 400 us a piece if you buy one mm-hmm. and that's and you still have to calibrate it yourself when you get home like i mean it, it's not like it's plug and play like you got to still have the program running and all this shit so now i start to see when i see this arcade machine for like four grand and it's like I think I can do the math and count like $2,000 worth of just materials and computers and parts. And then there's the labor costs. And then there's the fucking sending it to you. And so at first I thought to myself like, yeah, like these things cost like $500 to make and they're selling them for four grand. That's pretty crazy. But I don't think it is that, Mm -hmm. you know, in some cases the the computer inside might be, you know, like 500 bucks, you know, like, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, it's quite worth it. Yeah. I would love to have that set up. Look, honestly, even arcade games, I like playing them sitting down now. I'm fucking old, man. Who am I kidding? You know, I'm playing Final Fight and I don't want to stand there for fucking an hour. It, the novelty of it is great and all, but I, I do like sitting on a couch when I'm playing my games now. So especially with console games, like like you were saying yeah. before. So. Well, I might do the stool thing. I might get a stool. The stool thing? Yeah. You know, you get like a stool. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. What I know. I still like to sit. Back, it's not though. a euphemism. <laughs> I mean, a stool that you sit on. No, it's just funny because, like, oh, you know, there is an option, a stool. It's like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Maybe you haven't heard about this, Marco, but. Uh... <laughs> 
We didn't have them in Australia, okay? I've lived a sheltered life. <laughs> Everything's upside down down there. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's like you want to sit on a stool, but it's like just these four legs sticking up, <laughs> and like they just go into your ass. and like <laughs> Unless you like stools or heels up your ass. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who doesn't? <laughs> what I'm noticing now is I love the ambience of, a, of an arcade room. Mm. I would love like a room full of arcade machines, but I know deep down I wouldn't play them. It's all just for the atmosphere. It's like, you know those people who collect cars? Yeah. You know, and it's like they've got this garage with all these cars. Part of that is just it's cool to have your garage full of cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're driving them all the time. You just want to walk in and look at them. I would love a room in the house that was just the arcade room, even if there was also a couch in there with a TV to, like, play games, but then, like, you know, the walls are lined with arcade machines, and so you get that vibe. Mm. You know, maybe even have, like, speakers in the corners of the room playing music, so you just feel like you're, you know, at some place. Like, I've always loved that atmosphere. Yeah. But, you know, there is this realization, too, like, deep down, you know, like, and this is the thing, too, this is why I didn't want to spend a huge amount of money on an arcade machine, was like, Mm. I know what the final thing is. Like, it will be a thing that sits in the corner that you play maybe 20 to 30 minutes a month. Like, I know know that so part of this is the fun of just the project can i build an arcade machine can i figure it out myself because i'm not using blueprints like i'm doing everything wrong Mm. i would make so many people who are passionate about building i would make them so mad if they saw what i was doing it's crazy Mm. i'm using the wrong kind of wood i'm using the wrong kind of saw (laughs) i'm not using a fucking template i'm building it as i go which means i'm not even assembling it in the proper order i fucking built that stupid control board with the controllers before even testing to see if they did work Mm. i should have tested them first like i could have plugged the wires in that's true actually i didn't want to say that but i figured like (laughs) it's all right you're already kind of shitty i didn't want to state the obvious (laughs) (laughs) I know, you honestly, you think you would have plugged it in first before you fucking... Again, this is my mental problem, (laughs) is I just want to do things in a particular order. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I get reinvigorated when a certain step happens in the process. I get bored of a project. Like, put it this way, I've been building this arcade machine now for like five months, Mm -hmm. and sometimes a month goes by and I do nothing, because I'm like, the next thing I do is I have to build a piece of wood that goes across the top that's going to be for the marquee or whatever, and Mm -hmm. I just couldn't move forward until I cut that piece of wood. I couldn't move forward on any of the rest of it. I just needed that piece of wood cut, and I didn't feel like cutting that piece of wood. Mm -hmm. So for a month, nothing happened. Like, it just sat there because I just didn't cut that piece of wood. And so when it came to the control deck, I was like, you know what? The only way this project is moving forward and I get excited again is if I fucking put these buttons in and play it. I want to be able to feel the joystick and press the buttons and make sure they're the right spacing or whatever. So I had to do that step Mm -hmm. to get excited about the machine again. (laughs) And so I did. And it was wrong because I should have tested them first. Like, I just, (laughs) it's like, it's just, but I I had to do it. If I didn't do it, it would have been another two months of nothing. As long as you learn from it, that's all you can really do. Andy. <laughs> do you have another song? I do. You want me to play it? Yeah, we yeah, we should probably wrap this show up. Alright, let's do it. Yeah, I got one more track, Andy, and it's an awesome collaborative track from Adu Aru and Allison. They've joined Creative Forces and created this incredible song called Discord. That's actually an interesting collab. It is, it is. You wouldn't think those two would normally go together. Allison's usually like the kind of the chill synth, and Adieu Aru right. kind of has more sort of energy. I, I, Adieu Aru is someone I got to invite on this show. You do. They, they've got a lot of tracks that I really love. Yeah. The last couple of years, I think we've featured a number of tracks. Yeah, he's really good. He's got his own little style going on as well. I really like it. All right, man. Well, let's listen to it. This is uh, Adieu Aru and Allison with Discord. Mm-hmm. 
All right, and that was Discord by Adieu Aru and Allison. And that's a cool song. And this has been the Marco and Andy Power Hour. It's nice to chat with you again after all these months. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. I like. It's nice when we have a break because you kind of miss it and we have a lot to talk about, I guess. There's still more. I'll save it for next time. But yeah. I sent you a link because we, yeah, we got we to gotta go. But I sent you a link to some uh, Mugen or Mugen. I don't know how, how to pronounce it. There's these fighting games yes. where people take sprites from old games. And so I've been playing this mm. one called Mortal Kombat 2 Remix. Mm-hmm. It's really good, actually. They did a good job. It's sort of like an enhanced version of Mortal Kombat 2. So they didn't do anything wacky because a lot of these Mugen games, they're nonsense. People will make these fighting games that have like a thousand characters. Yeah. The art styles don't match. It's like you're playing like Mortal Kombat 1 Scorpion versus like some character from Naruto and the background is like some cartoon or like and just it just looks stupid. Mm. But this one is like tasteful it's like it's just it just is the Mortal Kombat 2 characters they've added frames of animation they've sort of distinguished the characters a bit more so like Reptile's voice sounds different than like Sub-Zero's or Scorpion's or whatever and they add sort of glow effects and they add sort of the Mortal Kombat 3 combo system and stuff yeah and that's the first thing I noticed yeah yeah it's got the run and the combo system, yep. In that respect, it's pretty cool. There's only one decision they made that I feel is weird, but it's like, I don't know if I'm just being an old man or like a purist, but like Scorpion swears in it. It's sort of funny. Like if I was a kid, I would probably have liked that a lot more, but he says like, get the fuck over here. Oh God. Sounds a little cringy. Okay, I get why people would like this decision and I might like it, but I just kind of don't. I just kind of wish he wasn't swearing. Maybe 20 years ago or 25 years ago, yep. Yeah, because I think he also said says get over here bitch too there's like get over here bitch and get the fuck over here and it's like okay like but it's pretty good and i actually got it working on my system even though it required me going into fucking Mm. i had to write command lines like just this shit dude i just have no interest in doing (laughs) where it's like to get the mugen games Uh to work on the fucking you know this this arcade machine it's like you got to go into the file settings and you got to create a command line code that automatically runs to whatever and then you have to go into the mugen configuration file files and change these things i'm like what does this have to do with me playing video games <laughs> like just fucking uh-huh. opening up text documents and changing fucking lines of code uh-huh. so there is something to be said for a fucking plug and play system and maybe an arcade machine at four grand is an insane price but if it just gets delivered to your house and you turn it on and it just works that's a fucking beautiful thing yeah and you're not fucking writing machine code yeah it saves you a lot of time and headaches although maybe that's what it is and i i'm just denying it that maybe part of the joy of these projects is setting it up because whenever i whenever i set up emulators a lot of time is spent in the setup and i think it's like is that the game mm. is that the game now for me like when i get a newer computer and i run my goldeneye emulator because i run a specific emulator mm-hmm. and i have to set up the controllers and i like using the playstation controllers as well but then on this emulator they don't recognize diagonal movement of the l stick so then i have to run a separate program oh, that tells the computer that the playstation controller is actually an xbox controller so that and I can then tell it that the D-pad is actually the analog stick, so that I'm running all these <laughs> programs, like I'm doing all this stuff, and then I play Goldeneye with a friend for like seven minutes, and that's like <laughs> and then meanwhile yeah. it's like weeks of me setting up, getting the Bluetooth to recognize the controllers and then all this shit just to fucking you know, anyway, whatever. But I'm maybe that's it. Maybe that's the game. Maybe yeah. I really enjoy the game of emulator setup simulator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate that shit, man. Anyways, man. Anyways, we 
we should probably is there anything you want to say I feel like I talked a lot you say something and then we'll go what do I have to say uh, no just it's good to be back I'm um, looking forward to putting out some more content with you chatting about stuff and um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the music too and I hope everybody is having a lovely day <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, I forgot how to end shows. <laughs> it's, been, it's been like a month. You're like, how do I do this? Listen, it's always fun uh, chatting with you. Yeah, you too, buddy. For the listeners there, don't forget, you can also go to the YouTube channel. I am slowly updating them with these podcasts, but they're the video versions. Uh, you see pictures of the guests on screen, and it changes based on who's talking. And there's also, like, uh, when the music plays, you see, like, the album art of the artist and stuff like that. And so uh, give those a watch, because it's also another way to... Uh, check out the show I put in sort of more work into the editing of those and it's worth it because about like five people watch those videos <laughs> but I do like putting them out it's fun no they look good yeah I've, I've watched it a couple of times yeah no it's nice so that's something people can do and of course if you like the show uh, consider supporting on uh, Patreon or uh, there's PayPal me link in the uh, in the show notes that's also a way of supporting the show and uh, that's it and Marco's a cool guy I sure am Go, you know Marco still has the um, still have the mojo Synthetic Sundays um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud? That's correct. I've got some mixtapes up there. Yeah. Yep. And all the old shows still there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're ever listening to Beyond Synth and you listen <laughs> to the back catalog and then you're like, you want to listen to another show like this, you know, you can always go back and listen to the back catalog of Synthetic Sundays with uh, with Marco. That's something you can do. Yeah. Andy shows a much better production, but I had the better interviews, so. <laughs> <laughs> I can't co-sign on that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I refuse. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, you have a lovely day. Keep cool and keep cool. And we'll... Uh, we'll yeah. We'll <laughs> try. We'll talk again. You too, buddy. You keep cool too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, dude. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening.